Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey everybody, I'm Robert. And we're the Film Flamers. And it's time for us to shoot the flames like we do at the start of every month. And August is really special for us because it's our anniversary month. Yeah. Three years, right? right? Three years. Three years of the Film Flamers. Hope you guys aren't tired of us yet. Like we are. (laughs) I'm sick of myself. (laughs) Uh, Wow. Three long years. But uh, before we get into it, um, can we talk about vaccinated people versus unvaccinated people? Is it okay to talk about? Uh, That's racist. Is it? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I know hip is a thing and everything, but Lord, so this week... Two musical artists came out on like different stances of this. I don't know if you heard about it or not, but Bruce Springsteen said that he will not be playing any of his tour dates unless they only allow vaccinated people in to see him. Oh, nice. And then Eric Clapton, who's touring Europe, said he will not play any of his dates unless they allow unvaccinated people in to see him. So, okay, well, yeah, we already know that Eric Clapton is, you know, not really keen on protecting people's lives, especially those closest to him. Oh, my God. You- <laughs> wow, Chris, tears in heaven. <laughs> well, I guess that's where we'll see all those people that go to that concert. <laughs> in heaven. <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, like, the I hope band- you don't know my name. <laughs> if I could change the world in my father's eyes. No, we're just saying. Cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, obviously the pandemic is rearing its ugly head again. And like you said earlier today, um, it's become sort of a pandemic of unvaccinated people, right? Not really, though. It's not that black and white. You racist. (laughs) (laughs) I got something to it. No, apparently there's a there's a freaking like separate whole thing where people are getting their first vaccine, but not getting the second one. (laughs) Why? I learned this from Matt, who is in the medical profession. Uh huh. Yeah, apparently that's a it's a really popular thing. Like they go to the first one and they just don't ever go to the second. Like "Eh, the first one's good. (laughs) Why don't they just get the Johnson and Johnson? I I don't know. I don't, or they're probably mix and matching or something like, you know, yeah. some sort of bespoke a la carte vaccine program. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when you say bespoke. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, if that were the case, I mean, like, it's kind of the same thing as like a, I don't know, you don't see like Trojan coming out with a crop top condom or something, you know, <laughs> <laughs> half protection <laughs> for her pleasure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, obviously everyone has their own belief and whatnot and this is america and you can choose whether or not to get a life-saving vaccine or not but um, how do you feel about that where where do you land on the whole authoritarian scale of things as far as forcing people to take oh, vaccines? i say give it to them yeah i'm kind of that way too i um, mean i have no i have no qualms in saying that i, I don't like want to prove the the you know radical right correct but you know this is called social engineering right mm-hmm. because like my knee jerk is to let the unvaccinated people just have their choice, you know, survival of the fittest Darwin, you know, awards and all that. But at the same time, the longer that this, this virus is out there in the wild at scale replicating, the more likely that it's going to mutate into a variant that could overcome our vaccines. Yeah. Well, I mean, people who've been vaccinated are getting sick, you know, they're catching the virus, but I mean, obviously the symptoms are different and way less severe. And, um, you know, some people are just completely asymptomatic and they just test positive. Right. And and obviously with the vaccine, they're not replicating enough virus in their body to pass it on to other people. So we've done our 
due diligence. Yeah, well, even some of the oldest population or some of the people that are most sensitive to this sort of thing, even when vaccinated, they can have severe consequences from an infection, Mm -hmm. right? It's greatly reduced from the vaccine, but it's still not a thing. So it's like unvaccinated people are pretty much going to get us all fucking killed if if the governments just don't take charge. Yep, this thing will become something that only Stephen King could dream about. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, (laughs) I don't know. It's the end of times, people. So stupid the film flamers encourage you to go and get a vaccine if you have not as of yet yeah they're free uh, if you disagree with us bring it let us know in the comments yeah why not i mean like i'll talk about it call our hotline yeah 976 or whatever (laughs) evil i don't know is that the right number (laughs) 972-666-7733 that's right leave us all your vaccination comments please and we'll delete them immediately (laughs) (laughs) okay that's enough about that on to the fun stuff so we got a review we did and this one's from britain so do you want to read this one sure this one's from fraser m86 from apple podcast like you said in britain and it's titled my favorite horror movie podcast by a country mile Having struggled to find a horror movie podcast that I found consistently entertaining and interesting episode after episode, the Film Flamers hits the bullseye for me. Enjoyable enough to have as something on in the background, but also filled with high-caliber deep dives worthy of 100% attention listening. Great passion for horror from these guys. Frasier in the UK. Thank you, Frasier. Yeah. That's a good review. I'm yeah. glad that you like us, and I'm glad that we're background, too. I mean... We like you for liking us. That's when you know you like us it. for liking... Wait, what's the Roxy Art thing go? <laughs> uh... <laughs> God, now I'm going to have to think about it. I love you for loving me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm a star, and everybody loves me, and I love you for loving me. (laughs) Roxy Hart. Let's move on to comments. Yes. (laughs) Uh, We got a voicemail from Kimberly, a patron, uh, commenting on our Shooting the Flames episode from April. Hey guys, it's Kimberly from Patreon. Um, so, uh, this is several episodes ago on Behind Aquarium of the Dead. Um, I had the misfortune of watching that this past weekend. Uh, paid $4 for it on Amazon Prime. Uh, actually, my friend paid for it and I apologized to him profusely afterwards. Um, even for a campy, stupid movie, like Sharknado-style movies, it was terrible. Like, it wasn't even that funny or campy. Um, it was just a, basically a bunch of idiots running around peeling starfish off their faces. Um, you hardly got to see any zombified animals at all. And uh, it overall sucked, even for camp. So that's my take on that. Do with it what you will. Keep up the good work. Talk to you later. Bye. So here's what you do. You check to see if your state has Delta 8 legal. <laughs> you take a couple gummies. Uh, yes. And then you enjoy a movie like Aquarium of the Dead, which we think gave like, what, two and a half, two stars, something like that. Yeah. I but still enjoy the stars. fuck out of. Yeah. So we talked about the trailer back in April and then we had the fortune <laughs> to watch Aquarium of the Dead together. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in, a, in an altered state. So, um, and that really makes the movie enjoyable. I mean, I know, yes, it's not a good movie. And we'll probably talk about this on a Hot Takes episode at some point. But um, if you're really high, it's kind of funny. (laughs) It's funny how bad it is. Yeah, just watching Vivica Fox, like, try to get to a control desk and react to things on a monitor by going, oh, 
Oh, well, she couldn't even. What did she? What was it? Just called. It was it's called the desk. Yeah, I gotta right? get to the desk. This desk is out of control. <laughs> I mean, I would watch it again. The budget wasn't even high enough to show us what was on the computer screens. I don't think. Like it was. I don't even think that she was there filming the same day as everybody. Yeah, they, they, else. Uh, yeah, they obviously filmed the whole thing over a long weekend when they were like able to like <laughs> film in an aquarium. Really um, bad. But yeah, no, we appreciate the voicemail and the comments, and um, <clears throat> we encourage everyone to go watch Aquarium of the Dead and join us in a conversation about it at a later date, probably. <laughs> yeah. So, so Alvin on Patreon uh, was reacting to our difficulty reading his prose on an earlier episode and said, "Poetry." I guess that was tongue in cheek. I listened while mowing the lawn. Not long later, a neighbor visited and said, "I drove by while you were mowing. What were you laughing at?" I smiled and replied, the impact of my poetry upon others. Welcome to the new patrons. Please gift us now your musings. Meter and verse optional. <laughs> yes, Halloween Kills trailer makes it look a fun horror ride. High hopes. Thanks for the episode, fellows. Onward to Alien Encounters. Back to yard work. And then later in response to our response to that post, he said, poetry adjacent. <laughs> uh, we got a comment from Nikki <clears throat> over on Patreon. Uh, regarding our comments about her and whether or not she would nope out of what keeps you alive. And she said, I love when y'all call me out. We did both suck our teeth when she went back, but at that point I wanted to see the comeuppance, so I was willing to stick with it. I will say it led to a very good conversation about revenge and trust with my hubby after the first gasp from the cliff moment. Yeah, it is a conversation starter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have learned through various true crime shows and such and such that I would not visit a cliff with my spouse, no matter how much I trust him. <laughs> let's go to the Grand Canyon. I've never been there. <laughs> we did that, actually. I was like, let's stay far back and look at it. <laughs> you never know what someone's going to get mad at and just push you right over the edge of that cliff. <laughs> also, Nikki gave us another comment uh, about our alien and aliens continuation. And she said, can't wait for the continuation of Alien. I just watched Alien and Aliens with my BFF. It was her first time and I love the reactions of a first time watcher. We plan to watch 3 and Resurrection just to round it out. She has seen Covenant and Prometheus so I was appalled that she hadn't seen the originals. And then uh, later in a related post she said, ooh, I love your fun facts on the deep dives. I haven't seen Alien 3 or Resurrection in a while so looking forward to going back to them. Two things about kids and horror. First, I got my nieces, now adults, but then in their teens, to watch Alien and aliens one weekend when i was hanging out with them when the chest popping scene happened they jumped over the back of the couch and hid proud auntie moment for me <laughs> second i took my son to see a quiet place too first in the theater horror movie for him he was terrified but enjoyed it thoroughly so that's a win i would love i think i responded to this on patreon i said i would love to witness a first time like kids like hiding jumping behind the couch when that happens just living vicariously through a first watch like that is so awesome i know because you could never go back right because yeah. I, I remember how i reacted the first time that i saw it and i kind of knew it was coming you know because it spoiled a little bit but yeah, to watch people do that is amazing. Also, bravo, Nikki, for leading all these children to horror. <laughs> she also commented on Patreon and said, This reminds me, I think there was a list of the best movies in an altered state coming out one of these days. Hmm. Well, obviously, Aquarium of the Dead. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're still forming our hypotheses on that list. Uh, but it is on our, our list of things to do. So we're, we're keeping that in mind. But Nikki, I think not only are you now the nope person, you are now the Pied Piper of horror that will lead children into the clutches of doom, but will nope out of the situation yourself. So. That's right. Oh my God, she's doing everything correctly. <laughs> 
Uh, that'll probably be like a Patreon episode, Nikki. So stay tuned. She probably even tells them, be right back. <laughs> <laughs> While watching Scream. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's your homework, Nikki. Show all the children in your life scream and then say, I'll be right back in the middle of it. <laughs> and never come back. <laughs> For our Patreon episode on Sebastian, uh, Alvin sent us a very, very long comment that we can't read here because it's like two pages. So uh, he does end it with saying, uh, Chris and Robert's joys and gripes lend interest to whatever the subject matter as a listener of horror and recently highly adjacent podcast. That's what really matters. Or in the idiom of this moment, res Maxime. Whatever that means in Latin. I, I didn't no do my homework. <laughs> <laughs> but he said later, he said, of course, I enjoyed the episode. I appreciate how your differences in personality and approach play off of each other. You're both more spontaneous than my nature normally allows. Your friendship and wonder at the history of gay cinema provide an experience of something as meh as Sebastian that is finer than the subject matter its own would warrant. The movie is like a bowl of unsalted crackers. <laughs> Munch those crackers in delightful company and poor fare becomes mini feast. Finally, the real horror was the typos in my original posting, now repaired. Content unchanged, but now readable. Long day. I was fatigued last night. And so I, I responded to that and said, um, I just lolled at the whole um, crackers, <laughs> unsalted crackers. And he said, I should clarify. In terms of story, plot, and character development, it's like a bowl of unsalted crackers. I think we could all agree it's plenty salty and how it and how it plays and portrays male forms. Is that a Brian Eno score enough to justify accolades? Because it's personal sin to pass up an opportunity to make a Bowie connection, Bowie first collaborated with Brian Eno for the former's 1977 album, Low. The two worked together off and on over the following decades and remained email correspondents through Bowie's final years, Eno based in London, Bowie in New York City. Oh, I like insulted crackers and salted crackers. I don't think they're that boring. <laughs> <laughs> i just like crackers i don't know i don't know i feel like salty crackers would have been alien three yeah well i mean salty crackers a bunch of salty crackers running around in that prison like regurgitated is what alien three is that was racist <laughs> oh, lord um thank you for the comments um even the really long one it's 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 really appreciated and we're glad that you watched sebastian so you could be the only listener so far who has done so mm. maybe Oh, we got a couple comments on our Alien 3 episode, and one is from Nicole over on uh, Patreon, and she says, guys, this movie, it just disappoints me like a child prodigy that won't apply themselves. <laughs> Unfortunately, my husband loves it, so I have to watch it if it happens to be on TV. However, we both agree Resurrection is the worst. Honestly, all I can seem to remember about it is basketball and alien boob, just terrible all around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean we're kind of on the fence with i think we both gave both films a three star even though really both of them kind of deserve a two star i don't yeah. know we lovingly gave them a low three the more i think about it i feel like alien three is a better movie than resurrection i just have more fun it's, watching resurrection well they're like okay we'll say this i keep coming back to this thing with like alien and aliens one's a better film one's the better movie it's true and then covenant and prometheus kind of almost the same thing well yep. same thing you could say about alien three and prometheus one's a bad film one's a bad movie <laughs> <laughs> nail on the head <laughs> at gummy fredo said you know i came looking to see if the gif was posted wait what oh yeah the I, simpsons gif i posted that gif <laughs> you know i did gummy fredo come on i'm glad that you came and checked me though if you didn't listen to our alien 3 episode yet uh my favorite gif ever is uh this clip from the simpsons 
where the facehugger's little mouth, the facehugger, the, the xenomorph's little mouth is coming out and it, you think it's going to like bite Ripley, but it kisses her on the cheek lovingly. <laughs> I just fucking love that gift. I use it all the time. And so I threatened to use that on our Twitter posts and I did. Yeah. So go check it out. It's the best gift in the world. For Alien Resurrection, Brandon from Facebook said, I know this may be a sacrilege, but this was actually the first Alien movie I saw as a child and immediately followed it up with the first three upon falling in love with Sigourney fucking Weaver. It will always have a special place in my heart for this reason and did have some good scares for me. The previous Ripley clones were monstrous. Ripley clones slithering with alien horde was disgusting and the alien human hybrid was surprisingly frightening. Is it the best? Hell no. Is it better than Alien 3 and the two Prometheus movies? For me, that's a hell yes. I desperately wanted to know how clone Ripley would fare on Earth and still would want that follow-up movie instead of another Prometheus. You know, we were of exactly of this mind Yeah, just a few short weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And since then, we've watched Prometheus and Covenant after the dying down of our fiery, passionate rage and the seeing of Alien 3 and Promethe- and uh, Resurrection. And our, our hearts and minds have shifted on the matter. So That's right. Uh, we have a bonus episode <clears throat> over on Patreon, uh, sort of giving a flashback opinion on prometheus and covenant so everyone needs to go over to patreon.com slash the film flamers and listen to that because we may be talking about them again in the future yeah (laughs) at the baby guy myc says i'm listening now this movie is something it's certainly a movie (laughs) (laughs) i think that's what i said too i responded back and i was like it certainly is something (laughs) it's fine i mean like you know oftentimes we will talk about movies that chris and i just didn't enjoy or maybe movies that we enjoyed in the past but didn't enjoy this particular watch right and so we encourage everyone to voice your opinion and it's okay if you know our opinions differ right this is what conversations are supposed to be about and so, you know, if people, you know, sort of trash a particular movie that you love, then it, you stand up and say why you love it. So bravo, Brandon. Our next section we lovingly call the Alvin sec. I mean, the question and recommendation section. <laughs> we love you, Alvin. We do. And your emails. All three of them. <laughs> <laughs> There's more than that, sir. <laughs> okay. You take the first one. Okay. So he sent us an email regarding Fear Street Part 1, 1994, which we have yet to watch, but have kind of pseudo planned to watch today. Yes. In person with each other. It says, hello, guys. Check it out. It's on Netflix. Definitely horror based on the Arl Stein series. Three feature length stories that tie together. First appear today. The next two follow on Fridays. Not great, but not bad either. Interesting in that the main protagonist in the first is a teenage lesbian whose girlfriend finds herself in danger. Oh, she's a danger girl. girl. Damn it. (laughs) Decent use of slasher violence and gore effects. Interesting arc building involving an old evil that returns in cycles of violence and death. Weaknesses in script and editing, ham-fisted use of 90s songs. Big points for me, though, for use of the Cowboy Junkies cover of Sweet Jane, a deep cut and punny choice in a song I'm fond of. Me too. I love the Cowboy Junkies. The actors look normal, not hot, glamorous types. That's good. Uh, Works for a story set in small town Ohio. I've got my guess for who you'd say is the hottest guy in the movie. Wonder if I'll ever know the answers in a podcast. It's not great cinema, but it's a fun entry in the slasher genre with a twist. Yeah, we're planning on watching all three of these. They're all three out now with varying results on Rotten Tomatoes and Letterboxd, but none of them horrible. So we definitely are excited to 
watch those and then talk about them a little bit in a later hot takes episode, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm sure we will. And I'm sure that we'll tell you who our hottest guy picks. In fact, we'll do it just for you, Alvin. Mm -hmm. He also sent us an email regarding a movie called Zombies of Mass Destruction on Tubi. Yeah, I think you probably get it other places too, but Tubi is what you watched it on, I think. Yeah, I've never even heard of this movie. A 2009 mostly stupid zombie fair horror comedy. A young gay couple travels to an island community to the top. Comes up in the script. <laughs> Can come out to his mother. Zombie apocalypse begins. Once the red corn syrup starts to flow, the one-liners begin in earnest. We also have a young Iranian-American girl, a redneck family, a gay converting preacher, and an ultra-conservative mayor being run against by a liberal anti-gun woman. The horror and humor swing like bludgeons, sometimes landing, sometimes not. Middle act includes attempted forced gay conversion therapy and a girl getting her foot nailed to the floor. <laughs> Sold. Decent zombie kills. Seems to want to be a post-W dead alive. Falls closer to Dance of the Dead or Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. There's a successful conversion at the end, but it has nothing to do with sexual orientation. A line that made me laugh out loud and then immediately feel a bit ashamed because it's a cheesy line. Don't shoot. I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I'm starting to feel like I need to watch this movie instead today. <laughs> I know. I kind of feel like this is the movie that we should be watching. I mean, we just talked about like Gummies and Aquarium of the Dead. And I kind of want to watch Zombies of Mass Destruction. Please. Oh, God. And if the if the fact that he's a top comes up in the script, I mean, like, that's good. I feel like I'm starting to feel like Altered State is a different top 10 than like the dummy, like idiot movies, like Sharknados and like the Aquariums of the Deads <laughs> and stuff like that. I mean, that's the thing, though, is that like, yes, on a list that I would create, there would be movies that are really neat to watch stoned. And then also movies that will make me laugh when I'm very stoned. Yeah. Like two different things. I don't know. We're, we're still like forming that around, but he uh, followed up with also saying that he watched the tomorrow war. And he said that I choose to discuss an older, lower budget Zomcom over the latest blockbuster should give you an idea of what I think of the tomorrow war. Well, sir, wow. I actually disagree with you because I saw it and I recommended it to Robert. I give it a four stars. It's a little bit dumb sometimes, but it's running like at two and a half hours or something like that. And so I feel like the things that I would have wanted a little bit more world building in the background uh, to explain some things a little bit better, some motivations and things like that um, societally going on in the movie, you know, would have just made it longer. But really, to me, especially after covering Alien and Aliens and all of these other, you know, alien movies, it just feels like Joss Whedon's script for aliens on earth it follows the exact same like no spoilers really but i mean like it follows the exact same principle behind like the engineers and using bioweapons and you know like um ancient aliens and like future war and blah 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 all this stuff that they were talking about doing on earth with the alien franchise just seems like they kind of changed the monsters around and removed ripley and now it's its own thing i, I really wouldn't be surprised because a lot of the stuff that we were talking about behind the scenes for stories that they they like kind of floated especially joss whedon's plans like it kind of matches up in several different areas which is kind of interesting to me so i, I might do some due diligence and, and research on that to see what where the script kind of came from and if it was influenced, but uh, I have to say the aliens in that movie are the most um, terrifying creature design to me since the first alien, since the first xenomorph. They're fucking terrifying in that movie. So anyway, I, I recommend it. It's it's good popcorn horror action fun. I'm sure I'll watch it eventually. Yeah. But he did send an email about a movie that has been on my list to watch for quite some time. And um, I think. Not for, like, good reasons. I hear there's lots of, like, shirtless men. So, I mean, it's a little um, shallow. 
uh, but it's Jeepers Creepers too. Every 23rd spring for 23 days, it gets to eat. The movie opens on a field of mature, desiccated corn, a toe-headed lad. <laughs> oh, I love you. A mature, desiccated <laughs> podcasters. <laughs> a toe-headed lad <laughs> works on scarecrows, so a strange autumnal sort of spring. Then Hollywood. Jeez. A mostly wrote monster horror movie. Points for trying to introduce themes of race and sexuality bullying. Is he or isn't he? Gay, that is. We never know, which I appreciate. The point is that nobody deserves to be bullied over sexuality, actual or perceived. Additional points for neatly tying the, into the original movie. Same writer and director, Victor Sava. Maybe someday he'll visit Iowa in the spring and blush. I don't know what that means. I don't either. Justin, I'm Mac Long. Justin, I'm a Mac Long actor from the original movie reappears in cameos in this movie. Ray Wise does his usual workmanlike job this time as a farmer on a re- revenge rampage against the creeper, and at times too bombastic score by Bennett Salve. I would be it would be more at home in an action movie. Very nice monster appearance and effects. One wonders if Robert would admire <clears throat> and want the creeper's coat. Of course, I would. I can tell you right now i would nobody should want the creepers hat <laughs> nobody needs a hat the franchise has done well enough that a fourth movie releases this year jeepers creepers reborn victor salva doesn't appear to have anything more to do with the new one so we'll see most unintentionally funny line want to be a cock on the walk bro bro gets lots of play in this this was released in 2003 limp biscuit lost its cred that year and we all abandoned bromantic expression <laughs> so this movie squeaks creeps through bro queens is it a horror movie yes so many options for the hottest guy in this movie i want one of the creeper shrunkens in case you boys keep a listener christmas list shurikens oh is that what it says the thing he throws into the tire you've seen this movie right i've seen the first one. Oh, the second one is so good i haven't seen the second one i've always wanted yes, to because so there's a bunch of hot guys they're it. all stuck in a fucking bus together on the road like the i know with movie. no shirts on right like some of them <laughs> and it's all hot hot guys yeah yeah i mean sign me up it's actually good and it's fun i loved the first one and i really like the second one like it's good and although i think this director i think he got in some trouble like me too trouble or something oh no no he like um before he made jeepers creepers he made another movie and he like molested a child jesus christ and went to prison and then he got out of prison and they hired him to make that movie so there's a big uproar in the community about whether or not you should support his work right but i mean give me a break other people worked on these movies too yeah that's my whole thing you know like yeah yeah, i'm not gonna like the guy certainly he's a pederast wouldn't go after or follow his work you know but like hundreds thousands of people work on these movies yeah so fuck that but god bless you alvin so i mean we have added zombies of mass destruction and jeepers creepers to a future watch list so i mean keep them coming maybe you'll get that christmas gift We've got a new patron. <gasps> Welcome to the family, Bennett Hunter. Mm. God, it sounds like such a sounds like a hot guy, Bennett. I know, right? Bennett Hunter. It does. It's a stripper name, Mister Darcy. <laughs> uh, Bennett had listened. He he commented on Facebook a couple times, and um, we read those comments. He's joined the family over on Patreon, and so we're happy to have him and all of our patrons who are at the Film Flamer tier or higher on Patreon. And that includes Amber and Ben and Doctor Joe and Kimberly and Lisa, but especially, especially Lisa. Penelope. Wait. <laughs> 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 and Penelope. <laughs> but especially Dr. Joe. Okay. What? I don't know. You're fucking it up. <laughs> it's a variation on a theme. Horror news. 
So we got some news this week, midweek, and it really is just a poster. But Jordan Peele's new horror movie is coming out on July 22nd, 2022, and it's called... He wrote this just for you, Nikki. Nope. Yep, it's called <laughs> Nope. <laughs> we know you're excited, Nikki. You have to be. Yeah, and it's going to star Daniel Kaluuya, who was in uh, Get Out. Uh-huh. Right? So that's a reunion. It's also going to include Stephen Yin from Walking Dead and Mayhem and Kiki Palmer from Scream, Michael Wincott from The Grow, and of course, Alien Resurrection, mm-hmm. and uh, these other people. And uh, <laughs> Universal currently has uh, Peel's new film starring, uh, set for July 22nd, 2022. I mean, so both Daniel Kaluuya and Steven Yeun were nominated for Academy Awards this year, right? The last Academy Awards. So, I mean, like, he's got this, like, really stacked cast. And I love Kiki Palmer, so... Yeah, did you ever see Minari? I haven't seen Minari yet. Fuck! I know, I know. I haven't watched I need anything. to get you in front of a goddamn TV. Do you know the only things that I've watched so far in July are alien, shitty alien movies and Aquarium <laughs> of the Dead? I mean, like... <laughs> no, that was this month. <laughs> Well, okay, then just shitty alien movies, I guess. (laughs) Thank God I watched 2049 with you, because otherwise my track would be really shitty right now. It's not very good summer watching. But yeah, Mm. I can't wait to see Nope. Well, I can't wait to see a trailer for Nope. I can't say I can't wait to see it, because... The poster looks really good. Yeah, it's neat looking, right? And I like the cast, but I mean, we said the same thing about Us. Yeah. So, and I I know that we need to revisit Us, because I've only seen it the one time yeah i need some distance between it and get out and then i can probably appreciate it more and we could just prometheus it you know (laughs) we can covenant it (laughs) so we've also got more news for the vampire chronicles tv show which is apparently which i i guess i didn't get what they're putting down last time we mentioned this but it's going to start with interview with a vampire and it's going to be like a six episode or sorry an eight episode series with an eye toward uh, 2022 debut on amc and amc plus So what that means to me is that because they're doing Chronicles of uh, the Vampires and they're also doing Mayfair, which is Mm -hmm. which leads me to think they're actually going to do like eight, you know, part miniseries for each of these books, which is fucking amazing. Yeah, it means I need to start reading. I cannot wait for that. But um, they got a new director uh, because a lot of their projects over in AMC are very director led versus like a showrunner. Yeah. And so they got Alan Taylor who directed multiple episodes of Mad Men, including the pilot, as well as Game of Thrones, Sex in the City, Six Feet Under, Deadwood, and Boardwalk Empire, as well as The West Wing and Lost. Take all those movies, or take all those shows and put them together, and they're basically the Vampire Chronicles, so it sounds good to me. <laughs> I mean, he was an obvious choice. Yeah. I mean, but like, they, they chose Darabont to do The Walking Dead, and look what that turned into, you know? Yeah. So they, they do really good by choosing directors to, to be showrunners as well. Yeah. So. Um, I also didn't realize that's what they were doing with this TV series. I thought it was just going to be some sort of continuation of a character or whatnot. But well, I'm just really glad it's not going to be like three episodes of this book, the next three episodes of that one. No, this is going to be a full eight episodes. And I'm guessing six to ten episodes per book. Maybe they might combine some. I don't know. But damn, that's going to be awesome. I, I've only read the first book. So I need to continue reading these before these shows come out because those things have been on my list to do for a long time. I absolutely adore the the Vampire Lestat and Queen of the Damned, Mm -hmm. which are the other two of the first, you know, trilogy kind of. And um, I actually like them way more than Interview the Vampire as far as the books are concerned. Really? Yeah. I love Interview the Vampire. I think it's an amazing novel. Yeah. So Uh, we also have some new news on uh, the Alien TV show which will feature some class warfare with xenomorphs, right? So this is something that's happening over on FX. 
And the the showrunner over there is the same showrunner from Fargo, right? Which is sort of the anthology series involving like Coen Brothers movies. Mm-hmm. And it's Noah Hawley, right? So, and I really, I've seen a couple episodes of Fargo and it was really good. Yeah, it's so. supposed to be extremely good. And I need to see that too. It's on my list or should be. And uh, for a couple of years now, I think we've been talking about watching it. But um, when there's there's a couple alien TV series that are in the works, this is just one of them. There's another one that's coming to Hulu. Right. And so I don't. mm -hmm. There's multiple alien TV shows. Yes. I don't know what they're going to do with the storyline as far as that goes or what the franchise is going to look like after this. But and movies. Yeah. But Disney owns Fox, which is FX. They also own part of Hulu, I guess. Or they have a a sister shows on different networks. Yeah. We're just different. I don't know. Maybe ones will be like animated or something like I don't know. All I know is that Ripley is not a part of any of these. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, But this one is supposed to deal a lot more with like the Paul Reiser type of character, you know, like from aliens where it's like the the middle management that's making all these shitty dehumanizing decisions and watching their comeuppance ritualistically. So we'll be fun. Okay. Yeah. I would would enjoy watching that. (laughs) Coming soon. Our first trailer on the docket is Malignant. So the first trailer for this dropped, and it's, it's James Wan returning to horror. That's right, after Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie has been teased for several years now, at least two years. Uh, it was pushed back due to pandemic, and then is now part of the day-and-date HBO Max stuff over from Warner Brothers, right? And so I was really looking forward to this movie and seeing the first trailer, and then I watched it. <laughs> It does look very vanilla, doesn't it? Kind of by-the-numbers, paint-by-numbers horror movie. Yeah, and I know that James Wan sort of created that sort of thing, right? I mean, if you look at Insidious and... Well, it looks like Sinister, really. Yeah. You know, all those movies are kind of very similar, right? They're not bad. I like these movies very much, and so I I still have some hopes for this. But the trailer looks just like... It looks like we know what the movie is and how it ends already. And yeah, I'm like, I have my theories and I'm pretty sure I'm right. But maybe they're holding it closer to the test than we think. You know, I, I did like that he's reusing a, an old cast, uh, you know, member of his. I don't think he actually uh, directed the first Annabelle movie, uh, but she was in it. Annabelle Wallace. And I mean, and I like her, too. So I, I hope I hope that it'll be good. Um, and that's to say, I mean, like. I usually like James Wan's movies. They they always look great, right? So, I mean, there's at least that to hope for. Yeah, I even like Dead Silence. I haven't seen Dead Silence since I, since I saw it in the theater. Really? But I liked it, you yeah, know? I fun. just, I wanted it to be a little scarier. It felt very PG-13-ish. Didn't and I that think- that actor that played Stifler? No. Was it the actor that was in True Blood? I don't know. One of those. <laughs> Ryan Quanton? I think uh, it's Ryan Quanton. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also got a much longer trailer than the teaser for the movie Demonic, which is directed by Neil Blomkamp. Yeah. And of course, that's the alien movie that I want with Sigourney Weaver is Neil Blomkamp's vision for that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I digress. This new trailer isn't as good as the, the teaser, I think, but uh, does it kind of explain a little bit more? It's, it seems less batshit. It seems yeah. a little bit more of a solid narrative flow. That it makes gives more some sense. context. Yeah, it gives a little more context. I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm still excited to see it. Yeah, me too. I think it looks great. I think it looks better than Malignant. Oh, you know? for sure. And um, I really like Carly Pope, you know, and she's in that movie and she looks like she she looks wonderful. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, I think I think it looks really good. I really like him as a director. I haven't seen Chappie, but um, the other ones are good. 
We also got a new trailer for Dune, the final full trailer, I believe. Yeah. And of course, this is from Denis Villeneuve from uh, Blade Runner 2049, Arrival, a couple others that we really love uh, or, you know, some people really love. <laughs> I really love 2049. I thought it was excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I gave it a five stars. I didn't like Arrival as much as other people. I haven't seen Arrival yet. But, I, um, I owed it. Oh, wow. But anyway, I'm really excited about this. Um, you know, the, tr- the new trailer shows even more. And there is a lot of horror adjacency in, in the Dune story. And it looks like they're doubling down on that in a way. There was, uh, in this one, I think this shows like kind of a very brief shot of like a field of crucified people. Mm. You know, from the Harkonnens or whatever, and you see like they're really going like highly stylized horror with uh, the Harkonnens and the lead Harkonnen, like kind of coming out of this vat or whatever and, and stuff. And it looks very, very, really well like shot and designed, and the cinematography looks amazing. I can't wait. The lead what? Harkonnen. You sound like such a geek right now. No. <laughs> He's the well, they're the bad guys in Dune. I mean, no, I know. I'm just making fun of you. Give me a fucking break. I like the first Dune. I like the David Lynch version. So, I mean, I will totally be watching this. And I really enjoy uh, Denis Villeneuve's like, work, at least what I've seen so far. Um, there's lots of really hot daddies in this movie, too. So, I mean, like, fucking sign me up. Yeah. Oscar Isaac can, like, fucking get it any yeah. day. The guy from, um, he played Thanos, is in it. And Aquaman and Game of Thrones guy is in it. And... <laughs> I mean, so many. God, <laughs> it's worth it that. I mean, maybe I'll go see an IMAX just to see the, the daddies like on a big screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the the guy that was in Guardians of the Galaxy is in it. Oh, yeah. The, Dave Bautista. Yeah, the one and from 2049, yeah. He's in 2049? Yeah, the very beginning. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I want to watch that movie again, actually. I liked it's it quite a bit. Good. Uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to Dune. I think it's going to be good. Um, <clears throat> and then finally, we have a movie... A tra- trailer for a movie that I think has already been released in some form or fashion, but it just looks incredible. And that is Stephen Kang's Sharks of the Corn. This is where I put in the crickets. Sound I, know. Effects. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, I love it when I come across these trailers that just look ridiculously stupid, like Aquarium of the Dead, right? Aquarium of the Dead looks way better than this. Yeah, this, this looks bad. They only show like shark teeth and like, it's just bad. I don't understand what's going on so there's like people being chased through a cornfield with someone wearing a shark mask and i'm like okay so it's just like murderers wearing a shark mask or something but then there's like sharks jumping out of the cornfield and attacking a helicopter i'm just like i don't know i would have to be very high indeed to watch this movie i don't even think that i can watch it while high I think it would just like harsh my buzz and talk. <laughs> so I don't know. Everyone uh, go to our show notes. You can find all the links for these news items and trailers. And you need to click on Stephen King's Sharks of the Corn. And just let us know what you think about it. <laughs> I don't know Stephen King. <laughs> That's what makes it so funny. Stephen Kang. I feel like the idea of this movie and the trailer is way better than the actual movie is going to be. It's got to so. be. I'm not going to watch it, though. <laughs> I don't think I can watch this movie. It looks it looks super low budget, like $5 kind of budget. Just put it on in the background. <laughs> yeah. Like some of our film flamers. <laughs> no, that guy said for good background noise. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that about wraps up 
this shitting the flames, Robert. Yeah, I think it does. Um, <laughs> although I've been laughing quite a bit through this. So, I mean, obviously we had a good time. Uh, let us know what you think about anything we've talked about in this episode. We love all the comments and questions. You can find us on social media at the Film Flamers on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at tiredqueens at filmflamers.com or you can call us at 972 666 Seven seven three three. Give us a mouthful. <laughs> Stephen Kang is standing by. <laughs> oh. We mentioned our patrons earlier, and we love it when people join our Patreon family. So head over to Patreon.com/slash The Flamers. You can find our latest bonus episode on Prometheus and Covenant, as well as a special two bonus episodes coming out in August for our anniversary. And that it will be Darkman and Dick Tracy, which I believe now is tied in our poll that we sent to you for which horror-adjacent blockbuster fair would be worthy of listening to. That's right. They're tied now. They were like neck and neck for a long time. So yeah, so two of those episodes coming out. We hope you guys go over there and check it out. Uh, we had a review this month from Britain, and um, we'd like some from America, too, guys. So head over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We'll read it on the next Shooting the Flames. Or Germany. Or Canada. Or Zimbabwe. Or India. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. Like, we need it from America. Yeah. I'm happy to get any review from anywhere around the world. Yeah. They're all of equal value. We appreciate all of you. We need some reviews from Tonga. <laughs> no, specifically from that one guy. Yeah, we need, just, I mean, like, we need that one oily man from the Olympics to like <laughs> leave us a review or just fucking call our hotline, please. <laughs> anyway, Robert, I need to go put on an episode of the Film Flamers for background music so I can fall asleep <laughs> <laughs> and have some sweet dreams. I don't know why I got so fucking goofy toward the end of that episode. I'm not even drunk. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Blame Stephen King. It's Stephen King's fault. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>